Come heavy or don't come at all You leave your peace at home, that's your call It never paid to be merciful Come heavy or don't come at all All right, fuckers, we're back. It's been quite a while, bringing you another episode jam-packed with MMA content. Stapes, it's good to be here. It's great to be here, T-Man. We got some UFC this weekend. That's exciting. We're off this weekend with soccer plays. Uh, it's the international break. Um, I have been watching the last couple of days on what's going on there. Just want to touch on this before we get into the UFC because we're we're not talking soccer tonight. We're talking strictly UFC, uh, but I just want to mention that if there is any plays throughout the international break this weekend, those will be seen on Twitter at HeavyHitters94. But let's get right to it, T-Man, to the important stuff. Let's talk UFC tonight. We got a big card this week on UFC 260. Um, you know what? The content of the card isn't phenomenal in comparison to some of the, even the free cars we've gotten in this year um but the the main event oh I think, boy i think it's that one Stipe Miocic against francis Ngannou. of the you're either on the Ngannou side or you're on the Miocic side uh very few people down the middle uh man i don't even know what to think about this one uh but we're gonna get right into that in just a few moments uh it's been a while since we've done this i mean uh god the last mma event that we discussed was uh Blachowicz versus adesanya been two events since then. Um, just a, a crazy schedule with the podcast. So we did not put out some MMA content. Um, but you know what? We're going to run down real quick what occurred in that. All right. I mean, T-Man, it's been pretty busy, right? We've had uh, we've had a lot of soccer going on lately uh, with Champions League in Europa. And we've had, uh, we've touched on the, you know, the March Madness that is uh, uh hot right now so um it's been pretty busy we've had special guests uh on our podcast as well so um yeah it's good to be back though with the ufc that's for sure exactly did we really want to make a podcast and take the time to record the podcast and edit it for Derek brunson versus kevin holland i'll tell you what i sure as hell did fucking not that was a um, waste of space that one. you know what let's talk about a strange card card march 13th 2021 um, Leon Edwards fought Bilal Muhammad. Leon Edwards, no contest. Um, well, so how about that? Pokes Bilal Muhammad, gets warned multiple times, pokes Bilal Muhammad in the eye. Bilal Muhammad rolls around on the ground screaming in pain. Um, wow. And then Leon Edwards gets on the uh, the post-fight interview and demands a title shot, claiming that he's done more than a lot of these welterweights. Uh, absolute absurdity. Del so delusion. We've had that one with the main event with uh, Muhammad and Leon Edwards. Yeah. And then we had Brunson and Holland, which was disgusting to watch as well. I mean, we've good thing. We haven't really put out anything for these last two weeks because they've been just an absolute, like I said, waste. It's yeah. just been, it's garbage. Frankly, I'm a hardcore MMA fan. I will watch a lot of MMA, but I'll tell you what last weekend, the Derek Brunson, Kevin Holland, that, that card did not excite me whatsoever. There was actually a card in KSW, which is a Polish organization. Um, they had a bit of a freak show fight going on with the return of the former strongman, uh, Marius Puzanuski. Um, definitely butchering that. But um, I was more interested in that. Uh, I mean, we, we did a, a little bit of live tweeting. I had said Derek Brunson, I was thinking, was going to beat Kevin Holland. Uh, I questioned Kevin Holland's ability to keep it standing. And sure enough, Kevin Holland... 
it loses unanimous decision just pretty much i don't want to say gets dominated but pretty much gets ragdolled uh for five rounds Derek brunson just lays on him um yeah i i mean not much more to say about that not much more i really want to talk about in regards to that either um in the MMA world, though, there's been some fun news. Khabib Nurmagomedov finally retires, probably retires uh, in a smart position. You know, 29-0, and 0, no brain damage, plenty of money in the bank. Uh, really just interested in coaching now. Uh, obviously, he coached his good friend, uh, Islam Makachev, in oh, their last victory. He's going to be dangerous, team, man. I like it. I Ka- like him down the stretch here. Khabib is going pretty much for coach of the year. So it's great to see that. They've announced Michael Chandler will fight Charles Oliveira for the lightweight title. Um, saw a lot of people up in arms on Twitter about this, being like, where's Dustin Poirier sh- shot? Um, Dustin Poirier made it clear he wants the money fight. He wants to fight with Nate Diaz or Conor McGregor. Um, he didn't really want to fight Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler came in and, God, he he blew the gates off the house in that big knockout over Dan Hooker. Yeah, I know I'm excited good. for that yeah. fight. Um, initial thoughts? I hate to say it, but like I want to lean uh, Michael Chandler. Just that that performance was incredible, Do and we... and Oliveira just keeps his head on a straight line. He's just open for that large loop and overhand right. Um, Oliveira though has all the tools to win the fight. Uh, again, just his initial assessment might change down the line. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see that fight. Do we know when that fight takes place, T Man? That date? Do we have a date on. You that? know what? It might it might have been. Oh, announced. I got it here. Saturday, May fifteenth. So okay. Saturday, May 15th. Yeah. I, the same one as Tony Ferguson and Benil Darouche. Yeah, that, that should be good. Very Edmund, excited for that. Edmund versus Jack Hermanson as well. Wow, Edmund Chabazian yeah. returning. I actually did not know that. Steve, you're breaking something to me right now. That is a great fight. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Edmund Chabazian bounces back. And and you know what? Kazmat Shemaev, the man who briefly retired, very briefly due to uh, COVID complications. He's coming back. Shout out to our boy Weasel for announcing that one. Yeah, the Weasel. Um, <laughs> great YouTube channel, um, by the way. Great breakdowns. Um, yeah, Kazmat Shemaev. And you know what? They're hinting at a fight with Neil Magny. Neil Magny, if uh, some of the early listeners will recall, was one of the first MMA picks we made on the podcast when he fought Michael Chiesa. And what happened? Michael Chiesa came out and ragdolled him for five rounds of wrestling. Let me tell you, Michael Chiesa can make Neil Magny look like a white belt on the ground. Hazmat Shemaev is going to absolutely run a train on Neil Magny. Um, so, yeah, you know, he might be coming out. If he gets a win over Neil Magny, frankly, he's one fight away from a title shot. Um, yeah, it, it's good to see him back in the mix. Um, that's really only the important UFC news as of late. Um, obviously, shout out to Gabi for retiring. Um, does he Now the question becomes, is he one of the GOATs? Is he the GOAT? It's just a pointless discussion at the end of the day. Um, but he's up there for for the greatest, just his ability to dominate for such a long period of time and just not lose rounds. I mean, he might have lost one or one round in, against Connor. Prior to that, uh, you'd have to look really back down, uh, down his fight career. I think when he first came into the UFC, his second fight, or maybe his first, uh, was against a Brazilian that the name evades me very large muscular individual he had difficulty taking uh, this gentleman down he might have lost a few rounds in that fight but apart from that a pretty pretty dominant career anyways enough about that let's focus on the card this weekend ufc 260 again we got miochik versus nganu too um oh boy uh, what a event we have here 
Yeah, I mean, if this is going to be, I mean, let's start with the main event because, frankly, this is what excites me the most. And we'll, we'll run down the line. Um, Stipe Miocic, Francis Ngannou. I got a bit of a story to tell about this fight. Oh, do we ever have a story here? <laughs> For all of our friends, all of our listeners, please listen up. So we all have bets, I think, in our betting career that when we look back on, we kind of think, wow, like, wow, that was really stupid in retrospect. Like, what, what was I thinking? Um, and very early into my betting career, one bet that stands out was the initial fight between Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou. I had proclaimed, said this for about a week straight, there is no way this fight goes the distance. I said, you could no put, way. You, I said, you could put the mortgage on that. <laughs> I said, go to your bank, Take pull out a second mortgage on the value of your property and throw it down that this fight doesn't, this fight does not go the distance. See, man, you had mortgage out of your mouth. I'm not even kidding. Every single day that week. And, and it was ridiculous. And you know what? I don't remember, but the odds were probably terrible. The odds were probably terrible. For I want to say about um, minus 400. It, it, it was stupid. It was, yeah. it's one of those bets that when you start to get a little bit more intelligent in your betting, um, you realize that they're, it's, they're not even great parlay pieces. They, they don't add much. And as a straight up pick, they're just absolutely absurd because you know what? Every so often your locks or not every so often it happens on what feels like more often than not your locks do not pan out. What you thought was a lock was in fact, not a lock. Yeah, exactly. um, it always seems to be that way, you know? You're, you're, you're the one that uh, you feel most confident in. If you have a bunch of plays and this is your best one, it, it usually ends up that's the one that hurts you. Exactly. And it's always that. It's always that. Um, the, the one the one play that you have, you put in maybe a few parlays, you put as a straight up. Exactly. And then it's just, exactly. the whole thing blows up. And <laughs> your night is... The parlays is the one that kills yeah, me. Yeah. And then yeah. your whole night is just a big, oh, big I'll throw red. i this one into a parlay. Yeah, um, so, yeah, anyways, this fight... Is occurring at first round is insane. Second round is insane. I remember in the fourth round, I, I was enthralled by the fight because it was a great fight. But I remember thinking, oh, my God, I have a huge bet on this. I need somebody to finish this fight. And sure enough, I, I felt as the rounds went on, you could tell Francis was tired. Stipe was not tired himself, but um, he was fighting a smart game plan. A lot of takedowns, a lot of pressing Francis up against the fence and a lot of just holding him there in that position. He wasn't just, say, just exploding with a lot of ground and pound. Um, so, yeah, I lost that bet. Um, but, you know, we got another shot, a shot at it again. Uh, first time around, I picked Francis Ngannou. Um, I thought Francis Ngannou was... Uh, the man to hold the heavyweight throne for a very long time. Um, when he first came on the scene, I mean, uh, th this guy just, he, he blew everyone out of the water. I, I want to say in his, his, his first title run, he had less than 15 minutes of fight time. I want to say less than 10, but I remember the cur first Curtis blade fight ran a little bit longer. Um, so who am I leaning? Oh, with? Hold on T man. Hold on. Hold your horses. We'll let the viewers and the listeners, we'll, we'll let them hear that at the end. Let's start at the top with the the prelims or whatever you have up first, and then we'll get to Nganu and Stipe. That's right. You got to wait till the end. You got to listen to the full fucking podcast if you want to hear it. Um, you know what? We're going to the main card. Sean O'Malley against Thomas Almeida. All right. So this is the return of Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley last fought Marlon Vera in August 15th, 2020, where he lost by TKO. He had a perfect record right up until then. Um, the fight went down a little bit strange. Uh, 
Vera was throwing some good leg kicks, um, really getting in uh, Sean O'Malley's face, and boom, what happens? Uh, he just lands the perfect kick, and apparently it struck a nerve in Sean O'Malley's foot, um, and Sean O'Malley just drops to the floor in, floor in pain, and Vera comes at him with some uh, ground and pound. Um, it's funny enough, I look was looking at this fight the other day and I have a screenshot of it. I should upload it uh, to the heavy hitters 94. Um, I guess some uh, Sean O'Malley fans had gone on Wikipedia and edited the record to show that that Marlon verify didn't even exist, that he was a perfectly, he was an undefeated fighter. Um, Look, the Marlon Vera loss is nothing to be upset about, frankly, because uh, Marlon Vera, a great fighter. We just recently saw him fight uh, Jose Aldo. Uh, Jose Aldo got a good win there. Um, Fantastic fighter. I really like watching Vera, uh, Vera fight. Um, look, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think they're throwing Sean O'Malley a, a low ball here. Uh, Thomas Almeida. Uh, it's crazy to think that this guy was once a hot prospect. Uh, this guy came into the UFC. I think he had probably three knockouts, one decision, and then he met up with Cody Garbrandt. And that fight against Cody Garbrandt, was uh, that was really for the number one contendership? Who was going to move on and fight uh, for a title? And what happens? Cody Garbrandt knocks him out in the first round. But let me tell you, it's, I think he knocks him out around the, the the three minute mark. Three minutes of just insane action. I'm just throwing bombs. Since then, man, it's been rough for Thomas Almeida. After the Cody Garbrandt fights, gets a win, TKO win against Albert Moraes, but then loses three times. Jimmy Rivera, Rob Font, and Jonathan Martinez. Um, and look, here's the thing. People have figured out Thomas Almeida's style. He's got this shooto box, kickboxing background where he doesn't move his head a lot. He throws some leg kicks. Um, but really, he wants to just stand in front of you and throw. You know, guys who are mobile, who can maybe cut off the octagon, who don't just move backwards, circle away from their opponents, and people who throw a lot of straight punches will give Thomas Almeida problems. And everything I just said is something that you've got to acknowledge Tom Sean O'Malley does. So Sean O'Malley... By KO at 1.83. So here's the thing. That is what we're taking, oh, baby. Yes, I Sean know. O'Malley by KO. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I think he's going to be able to find Thomas Almeida's chin. And, you know, I'm re-watching some of Thomas Almeida's old fights because, you know, they're fan- frantically, they're just great fights. Jimmy Rivera, he goes to a decision with Jimmy Rivera, but Jimmy Rivera rocks him twice, I think, in the first round. And rocks him, I believe, in the second. Might be misremembering that. But the point is he, he hurts Thomas Almeida. Rob Font um, obviously KOs him in the second round. Look, Thomas Almeida doesn't move his head, keeps it pretty stationary. Uh, he likes to really kind of get in the pocket with his opponents. Sean O'Malley, dude, the kid's athletic. Like, man, he's quick. He's got, like I said, sharp punches. And he, he's got that, uh, I don't want to say Conor McGregor left hand. And in fact, that's an insult to Conor McGregor. But he's got good power. And he likes leading his opponents into that power. Uh, look, I think he's gonna just going to be able to kind of lead uh, Thomas Almeida into his power. And I think he's going to get a knockout. Um, so yeah, I, I, I want to take uh, Sean O'Malley by knockout. Um, I think a Sean O'Malley straight up win. Uh, I don't think the good, there's odds there. Yeah. That, 1.3. So that, you're almost looking at, uh, minus 400 there. That's almost, yeah. That's one thing about this card is that like, uh, <laughs> there are a lot of favorites that I want to side with, but an issue becomes is that they're, they're overinflated in my opinion. And what am I going to do? Parlay them all together? Well, I, I hate to say it whenever I make a, say a, a large parlay, I just assume one of them is going to lose and it becomes, well, which one do I think is actually going to lose? Maybe I should try to get some action on the other side. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to be in a world where Sean O'Malley shits the bed a second time. So, yeah, Sean O'Malley uh, by KO would be my play. Um, you know what? I even was considering doing, say, like an under. Uh, Stapes, under 1.5, what would we be looking at? 
under 1.5 and Sean O'Malley. Um, yeah, you're looking at one point, sorry, 210. I was looking at the over under one and a half rounds, 2.1 odds. I feel like this comes quick, you know, I okay. really do. I feel like this comes like a rant minute four of the say first round, uh, or it comes early in the second. I, that's just my feeling on it. Um, but yeah, Sean, Sean is have more favored to win in rounds one and then two yeah. rather than three and the, the points obviously. Right. So official play, you know, we'll make it right now. Sean O'Malley to win by KO. I, I love that. Um, we'll let know, we'll let the people know on Twitter about the under 1.5. Um, you know, I'm, pr- I'm probably going to take it. I just, I don't, I'm not pulling the trigger right now. Um, but yeah, for, first official play, that's what we're riding with. So the question becomes Vincente Luke, obviously it, it's understandable. This guy's a favorite. He's going to be a relatively large favorite also. Um, so the question becomes, do we want to put money on Tyron Woodley? And, you know, I've been going back and forth about this because on one hand, while Vincente Luke is a pressure fighter, uh, he's not going to bring the wrestling accolades, say that Colby Covening, Gilbert Burns, and Cameron Usman did. Uh, these three gentlemen came forward, not only striked with Tyron Woodley, they wrestled with him. Say those three again, T-Man. Colby Covington, Gilbert Burns, and Kamaru Usman. And now we're fighting Vincent Luque. It's it's a drop off. We're going to put it yes. that way. Why this, not? Let's give him one more chance. And, and so and so that's the thing. What's tough is that I mean Woodley has not given you a lot to like feel confident in. I mean lo, you look back on his career when he wins the belt, he KOs Robbie Lawler in spectacular fashion. Um, prior to that, he beats Kelvin Gaslam, and it's a split decision, uh, but it's a slow paced fight. Like not a lot is occurring. Uh, Stephen Thompson, I mean. He goes to a draw with Stephen Thompson and beats Stephen Thompson in the subsequent fight. And that win against Stephen Thompson in the second one, uh, a lot of people could dispute that and say Thompson won that fight. Um, Woodley just doesn't do enough. He goes to a decision with Damian Maya, the old man, 40 years old, uh, not much athletic ability. Woodley probably could have finished that fight, but he's content to sit back. Darren Tills is probably most impressive win of defending the title where uh till doesn't land a punch that's a statistic that is correct till does not land one single punch uh and woodley submits him in the second round uh drops him on the first round i believe um the problem with tyron woodley is he just does not do have the offense he does not push out an offense um but he doesn't have to worry about the wrestling here and i would assume like this i i look i'm gonna take a shot on woodley here i i'm gonna do it you know um Woodley has the power. All right, moving on. We got Tyron Woodley against Vincente Luke. And all right, we just talked about how Sean O'Malley was probably getting a low ball with Marlon Verrera, a guy who's kind of, kind of fallen on tough times as of late. Uh, Tyron Woodley, you want to talk falling on tough times. Um, three back-to-back losses. Kamaru Usman, Gilbert Burns, Colby Covington. Uh, fuck. Uh, this guy has probably lost, I think, what most people agree is 16 rounds in a row. Uh, I mean, um, man, it, it's it's been tough to be a Tyrone Woodley fan. Um, and and you know what? They're doing him no favors because Woodley has lost his last three fights to volume fighters, guys who come forward, bring the heat. Um, and what does Vincente Luke do? That's exactly what Vincente Luke does. Um, and Vincente Luke's whole career is just aggression and moving forward and slowly chopping away as his opponents. This will be likely Vincente Luke's second toughest fight. Um, I'm hesitant to even say second toughest because, I mean, Woodley has, uh, I'm basing that on Woodley's wins in his past career performances. Uh, if Woodley lined up against, say, a Nico Price, who's a better fighter, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, 
I want to put a sprinkle on Woodley. Okay. I struggle because I don't even see Woodley winning at a unanimous decision, but I want to put a sprinkle on Woodley because this is his. So, you know what? We're, we're going to give a little love to Tyron Woodley. He's burned me in the past. I'm not going to lie here. Um, this might be swearing off Tyron Woodley once for all, but I'm going to be completely honest with you. Tyron Woodley loses to Vincente Luque. I don't know how long he's in the UFC for, so I might not be betting him anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we're gonna put a sprinkle on Tyron Woodley. But, like, but Luke might be like one point four. That's 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 too heavy, is that? It that's the thing. Like, uh, Tyron Woodley has, power. yeah, and and you know what, Vincente Luke, I I view him more as a slow burn. He gets all these like TKO and KO wins, but he builds up to them. I don't view him as say it's just a flash knockout guy. And Tyron Woodley's pretty damn durable. That's something I'll give him. So I think he's gonna have moments in this fight. Um, but also, Vincente Luke is durable himself. I mean, he takes a hell of a beating in some of these fights, uh, specifically the Stephen Thompson fight, uh, and still keeps on trucking forward. So I'm interested to see what comes out. I really think this is a make-or-break type of opportunity for Tyron Woodley. His back's against the wall. I'm hoping he can come out. Um, this, to me, is the – if somebody's making an outrageous parlay, I think this is the one that kind of busts that parlay. This could potentially be his fourth loss. You know, when I listened to him in interviews, he said he's gone back to the basics. He feels like – he knows what's been going wrong. He just he stands there and he sees the fight instead of actually being in the fight. Um, and part of me is really hoping that Woodley just comes out here and just blows the doors off, that he says, fuck it, and just goes for broke. Yeah. So I will put a sprinkle like on Tyrone Woodley, especially because I'm pretty sure he's at a decent odds right now. Yeah, 3.0 T man. Yeah. Like so I'll, I'll put a sprinkle. You know, I will I'll tell you what, I'll put enough down to make a unit, so to speak. Um all right, let's move on to the main event. We obviously teased at this at the start, so we're going to pick up right where we left off. Um, where do we lean here? First time around, I lead Francis Ngannou. Thought he, uh, he had the chops to get it done. Um, this time, who knows? I might eat my words here. I'm leaning with Stipe Miocic. Oh, we're, my God. We're, we're going back. You're going back. Um, so here's the thing. In terms of betting, I, I don't know how great of a fight this is to bet. This is the type of bet that because the odds are so close to one another, it's really a plant your flag type deal. You're either going to look like a genius the way this unfolds, or you're going to look like an absolute idiot. You so, know, it's, 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 it's really either the other. This is the way you and I kind of talked about it off air, T-Man. Stipe Miocic win at 2.0 odds. You're doubling your money, right? Yeah. And if Nganu's going to win, it's going to be by a KO. Yeah. So it's, that's 2.05. So pick your poison. Where are you going? This is definitely a pick your poison uh, type of matchup. Look, if you were, say, sold on betting Francis Ngannou, um, if I was betting Francis Ngannou, I would say bet Ngannou to win by KO because that's the way I think he wins. Um, this is not, say, a, a John, Jan Blanchowicz uh, taken by KO to beat Izzy and then he wins a decision. Yeah. This is heavyweights here. Look, like people get tired and Ngannou has a crazy amount of power. Um, and then if you want to get like, take a first, second and third prop round, that is sorry, first round, second round or third round, because I'm assuming maybe not the first, but the second and third plus money. Um, well, first one is too. So plus money there. And to be honest, I think he gets done early. I think honestly, if, if Ngannou wins, I hate to say, I don't think it's seeing the third round. I don't even know if it sees, sees the second. 3.4 for the first round win by Ngannou, yeah. 6.5 in round two. 13 in round three. Yeah, and, and you know what? I think if he's going to win by KO, I think it's going to be early. Um, but let, let's let's explain why I'm leaning Stipe. So the argument for Francis Ngannou is that 
when Francis Ngannou first fought Stipe, he was young into his career. I believe he had only fought two years prior, professional, before he got to the UFC. He was so green. He was so fresh. He comes into the UFC, knocks everyone out in either the first or second round. He looks unstoppable. He has all this confidence. Dana White's pretty up, pretty much up on stage, sucking his dick, telling him how he, uh, Francis Ngannou hits as hard as a or Dodge Ram. So it's the getting punched by Francis Ngannou is the equivalent of getting hit by a Dodge Ram. Um, just absolutely ridiculous stats. Uh, Stipe gets no love in that fight. It's no love. Um, probably comes in as an underdog. I can't remember. And Stipe Miocic just puts on a master class and just being an overall complete fighter. Uses wrestling, uh, puts Francis into positions that Francis struggles in. Uh, in terms of striking, he actually circles away from Francis, doesn't just back up in a straight line. Um, he even takes Francis's power. That's something people forget. He takes it right on the chin, eats it, um, answers back with hard right hands. Um, look, Stipe Miocic has been boxing since a young age. He knows how to deal with some of these big, powerful guys. Uh, and Francis Ngannou it, it was very green at the time, a lot of looping punches. Um, so the, there's a narrative that Francis Ngannou is more mature now. You know, he works out and trains at the UFC Performance Institute. Yeah, he has he's going to have Kamara Usman in his corner for this fight. Um, so there's a belief that he's cleaned up his cardio, cleaned up his wrestling, etc. Um, so there's a belief that he's just a better fighter. But I haven't seen that. I really haven't seen that in his, his, his post fights. So after Stipe, he loses to Derek Lewis, a fight that everybody wants to forget about. But that really happened. Um, beats Curtis Blades. In 45 seconds, beats Cain Velasquez, guy who used to be a former champ, retired, comes back for just one freak show fight, so to speak. KOs Cain Velasquez in 26 seconds. Junior Dos Santos KOs him in a minute and 11 cents. Minute and 11. And then fights Yarizo Rosenstrike and then KOs him in 20 seconds. And I mean, that Rosenstrike fight, it's going to get shown a million times on the broadcast, but pretty much Steep Bay. Pretty much Francis just bulldozes forward and starts throwing loopy punches. <laughs> that was insane. That Dude, he just, <laughs> here's the thing. He's still throwing loopy punches. He's still doing the same shit he did before. Like, he really is. And, like, his level of competition, albeit that I put a lot of weight into that Curtis Blades wins, um, looks like nothing has changed. Nothing has absolutely changed. Now, so the way I look at it, it's exactly like the first time. Um, there is detracting points in the sense that Stipe Miocic's older, but um, nothing has led me to believe that Francis Ngannou was really just a much better fighter. And my worry is I have bet fighters in the past and being like, Oh buddies, you're just going to go in there and KO him. And then they don't get the knockout. And then you're left kind of staring at the screen. Like what the fuck is going on? And then he <laughs> just can't get anything going. And that's my worry. There's nothing that's led me to believe that Francis Ngannou is going to be able to do it because I've still view him as the exact same fighter the first time around. Um, I thought he had a shot the first time. I feel, still think he has a shot. And that's what terrifies me is he definitely does have a shot. He's got tremendous power, right? You cannot ignore that. Um, but enter Stipe Miocic, a guy that, you know what? Um, it I always scratch my head with Stipe because I would see him fight some of these fighters back in the day, like say uh, Fabricio Verdum, Overeem, Dos Anjos. And I would think, man, how the hell are you winning these fights? I have to say, looking back now, Stipe should go down as one of the greatest of all time for heavyweights. It should be no no discussion. People love the throwing names like Fedor, but Stipe Miocic definitely needs to go down as one of the heavyweights greats. I mean, his wins are phenomenal. And all his losses, he's apart from Stefan Struve, um, he's been able to kind of get back, so to speak. I mean, when you look at the guys this guy's beat, uh, two wins over Daniel Cormier, obviously took one loss to Cormier and a KO in around the mid four-minute mark. His winner were Francis Ngannou, Junior Dos Santos, Alistair Overeem, Fabricio Verdum, Andre Arlovsky, Mark Hunt. Um, look, this guy, 
Stipe is fantastic, and I, I think Stipe is very vanilla, so I think it, it's easy to not fall in love with him. People love watching the freak show fighters. You know, Francis Ngannou, partially of the reason him being so crazy or, or having so much support is he knocks everyone out in the first round and he's built like an absolute monster. <laughs> the guy is what? Six foot four to say and, the least. Uh, and he looks like a, an absolute African God. Um, but look here, I Stipe Miocic's a smart fighter. He's got a well-rounded overall game plan. Um, I, I think he can get it done again. It terrifies me again because Francis Ngannou has so much power. Um, and Stipe has just gone through three fights with, uh, Daniel Cormier, which Cormier is no easy win. Um, but look, I, I got a side with uh, Stipe. I think he's the better overall rounded fighter. We talk about this sometimes, about some fighters are just great. You know, Conor McGregor is just great. Israel Adesanya is just great. Um, and obviously, we've just seen those two lose. Stipe Miocic is great. He, he doesn't get thrown up there, but I think he is... I think he is somebody who will go down when he's finally retired as just an incredible fighter. So Adesanya's great. McGregor's great. Stipe's great. So cue the loss here. You could say cue the loss. But the one thing <laughs> I will say is Israel and Connor to me were hyped. A yeah, lot. no, I, agree. I don't yeah. think Stipe yeah. just doesn't carry that hype. And again, you don't want to bet somebody because they, oh, they carry hype. They don't carry hype. I just think Stipe is the better fighter overall no and i agree with the like it, it, francis can win though he can win i'm not like i don't want to say just say just because you're a worse fighter you can't win but t-man you got to agree the line the line is the way it is because of Nganu's, um you know the look of him and the power that he he has um the knockout wins like yeah. you were you were rhyming off 20 seconds yeah. uh 30 seconds whatever yeah. like he he has that power yeah. so obviously those numbers reflect in in the uh the odds right yeah. like it's you can tell he's the slight favorite if they put a little respect on stipe's name a little bit like this should be a kind of a pick em fight here yeah and that's the thing and like again the the the, the odds are in, are in favor of stipe i think he has a very good shot of winning this fight um but again like you said too with stipe he, he vanilla like yeah, he's he's, vanilla. there's nothing that yeah. really there's not to get uh I, I don't want to say he's boring, but there's not he's not as say exciting to look at and potentially view as like the champion than say someone like Francis Ngannou. But that's when, the thing. The public, like Redcoat, he's gonna watch these two walk out and he's gonna look at Ngannou and go, Oh my god, I'm taking this guy to win by KO. Redcoat is hundred percent gonna take Francis Absolutely. Ngannou to win. And by that's knockout. what and that's what most of the world's gonna do too. Yeah, no, it, it, w- without a doubt. Um I think Stipe is probably getting a bit more love this time around. I think there is money coming in on him. Sorry. And to be honest, I might look foolish as hell come Sunday morning. I might look in, like an absolute idiot because uh, Nganu comes out there and in the first round knocks him out. That's why I say this is a plant your flag type of fight. You're either going to look like a genius in retrospect or you're going to look like an absolute idiot. But I think you're going with the, you know, you've watched film, you've seen them fight already. Like you love UFC. You're a follower. You've done your homework. Um, you're going off what you've seen. People are going to go what they see with the two fighters. So like the public betters who don't know anything about UFC, they're going to look at Nganu and go, oh my God, this guy's going to kill this guy. Yeah. So, and and you know what? Yeah, you could eat your words here, but like y- you've done your homework. You you know, Stipe is a good value pick here because he's getting, I would say, a little bit overlooked. So I, I like where you're headed here. Yeah, criminally underrated in the betting market, I think Stipe is um, a large part of the time. Um this, in my opinion, should be closer to a pick Um And yeah, the lean here is obviously Stipe. All right. 
Well, so let's let's review some of these official plays that you've you kind of touched on, and then uh, mention some of the leans and and maybe if you're gonna in, you know include a couple more uh, before the weekend. What do, you, right. what do we got here for official? Let's start with the official. All right, official plays right off the bat: Sean O'Malley by KO. Um, and you know what? Fuck it. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna make it right now. The under 1.5. I'm gonna think about it. Check Twitter. Heavy hitters 94 in terms of that. Uh, Tyrone Woodley, Vincente Luke. Uh, look, I'm gonna sprinkle a little bit on Tyrone Woodley. Yeah, I throw just, half a unit on Woodley. Why not? Yeah, 3.0 watts. That's, hey, that's the thing. You know what? I, I'm you're 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 hoping for a little bit of. Uh, uh, lightning strikes, so to speak, with a Woodley uh, Woodley win, uh, because really he, he's going to need likely a KO. Um, but yeah, I, I like the idea of a Woodley uh, Woodley finish. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take Woodley. Uh, then in the main event, we got Stipe Miocic against Francis Ngannou. Um, definitely leaning. I'm leaning Stipe. It's 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 tough. This is a plant your flag moment, and you know what, Stipe Miocic is, is going to be an official play. I'm going to put a unit down on him. Uh, let's see if I, let's see if he pulls through for me. So let, just to review, we have O'Malley, uh, by KO yeah. one unit down. We probably have a little bit, we'll, we'll call it a half a unit for right now on Woodley yep. to win at 3.0 odds. Yep. And then you got, um, doubling your money with Stipe, yep. an official one unit play there on, on Miochik. hundred percent. Now any leans. We talked about Jared Good and, and, uh, Abu Bakar and Nurmagomedov. Um, look, look, I, I get why. This was just made a lean, right? Yeah, and it's tough because I'm going back and forth about this fight. Um, but I, I don't mind the odds on Jared Gooden and potentially taking a shot at him to upset. I, I could see a world. Um, Stapes, you just want to rhyme off real quick the Alonzo Menefield odds against Fabio Charant? Yeah, so he's he's turned into a heavy favorite now with uh, yeah. William Knight falling out, right? He's 1.36 odds. What? Yeah. And, so, and I would, I would, I would stay clear of that. I mean, I would assume Alonzo Menafield's going to win, but like last minute replacement, you, you just never know. This guy could come out and shock the world. Um, yeah. You, you know what, in terms of the other fights on the card, um, still looking into it, there's nothing really that screams out to me that I get super excited for, but obviously, um, T- check out Twitter, heavy hitters 94. Um, you know what? We've done pretty well in terms of the fights. Do they go the distance or do they not go the distance? That's actually been the play as of late. Picking picking the who wins, that's actually where we where I have struggled as of late. So I'm definitely going to look into a little bit more of uh, see what I ex- or reflect on what I expect the fight to, to go in terms of distance. Um, so definitely check heavy hitters 94 for the final official plays. Obviously we kind of wanted to provide a little bit of a breakdown of what we think the fights are going to be like um, in terms of who's going to win. Um, and also I wanted to cover, frankly, the three main fights on the main card are likely going to be the most exciting ones. Um, pumped, to, uh, pumped to see them go down. Yeah, no team, man, this should be a good, uh, a nice little card here. Um, I think there's a lot of potential in the O'Malley fight. Uh, would really love to see Woodley, you know, bounce back here after uh, a few embarrassing, embarrassing fights. Um, but yeah, and then of course you got Nganu and Stipe, and that'll be a doozy as well. Mm-hmm. So, which the winner is supposed to fight um, John Jones. But anyways, that's enough about UFC 260. Um, that's it, folks. Quick episode. Good to be back with the UFC picks. It is good to be back with the UFC picks, team man. That was uh, it's fun to break down these cards and look at, especially you know the big ones on the main event and whatnot, and um, talk about those. And, and like with Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou, that you can never go wrong with that. Like that's it's going to be an amazing fight. So 
um, you know, to talk about it a little bit prior to that'll be uh, that makes it even more fun. So looking forward to this weekend, T-Man. Fucking A. All right, folks. Another episode of the Heavy Hitter Sports Betting Podcast. This obviously being the MMA edition. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, go follow us on Twitter at Heavy Hitters 94. Also, subscribe to the podcast. This is something that we don't really mention. Uh, I just assumed it should be a, a standard procedure. But yeah, if you're not subscribed, subscribe because you get notifications when the latest episodes drop. Um, so yeah, you can find us on Spotify and you can find us on Apple Podcasts. And just a reminder, we have the Sweet 16 this weekend in NCAA basketball. Uh, we do have, like I mentioned, World Cup uh, 2022 qualifications going on this uh, this weekend with the international break happening in the soccer world. We will be back next weekend with um, the main five leagues that we talk about in Europe, that being La Liga, uh, the Premier League, Serie A, Bundesliga, and a little bit of Ligue 1. But that is next weekend. I believe we will also have another UFC card next weekend. Yeah, we sure do. We have Till versus Vittoria, which actually should be a really fun fight. Um, I'm excited to break that one down, to be completely honest. Um, Vittori is a guy who came out last time, fought Jack Hermison. And uh, yeah, really impressed me, especially because he came into that fight last minute. Um, I'm interested to see what he can do with Darren Till. Uh, Darren Till, the guy, uh, obviously moved up to middleweight, got a win over Kelvin Gaslam. Uh, struggled against Robert Whitaker. Um, I think Vittori can pose a lot of problems. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to break that one down. Yeah, perfect. So we got UFC next weekend. We're back in the soccer game next weekend. And you know what? We should be heading to the the Elite Eight Final Four um, in uh, in March Madness. So, um, you know, things are picking up here. Uh, you know, we're heading down the stretch in the NHL and, and in the NBA as well. Uh, we had the NBA trade dead, deadline today. So, uh, and we have MLB starting next week. So sports, sports, sports here uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, next couple of months. So it's going to be busy. It's going to be jam-packed. And we, uh, we're excited for it because that just means more podcasts, more time for us to express our absolute degenerate knowledge to the fans. Well, business is, business is good. We'll put it that way if you're a sports better. All right, Stapes, let's wrap this fucker up. Um, I say this every podcast. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, no, it's been good. Let's do it again uh, after the weekend. Fucking A.